This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Let's get it started. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Morning and all. Welcome to the show. So what have we got for you today? Uh, we are, uh, of course talking uh, all things scale uh, tips to scale up how to grow your startup in uncertain times uh, plus we've got some special guests joining us but as always we want you to get in touch with the show number of ways that you can do that okay here's your social media handles and hashtags uh, if you are on facebook or instagram it is at dubai i want fm or at virtue zone if you are on twitter this morning it's at dubai i want fm or at virtue zone underscore uae uh, if you'd like to send us your hashtags, it is hashtag starting up with Virtuzone, hashtag be your own boss. So get your thoughts and comments to us. As mentioned, uh, we're talking tips to scale up your startup. Many founders may feel overwhelmed with the thought of growing their company and ramping up operations, especially in these uncertain times. So what do you need to do to grow your company successfully? How can you avoid the big mistakes, the big pitfalls? We're going to speak with a scaling up coach who has a new book which is promising to give entrepreneurs the tools and the framework to grow. Later, a little startup success story as well for you. The co-founder of Apontia, which buys and sells e-commerce brands, tells us how he plans to scale the companies they buy. Plus, get your questions in for Company Clinic as the team uh, from uh, VirtuZone will be here answering all of your questions in just a few moments' time. This is Starting Up with VirtuZone. It is live each and every Tuesday between the hours of 10 and 11 right here on Dubai I want a 3.8 FM You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai I 103.8 morning all uh, welcome to the show uh, and a warm welcome to of course uh, my co-host for the next hour he is the co-founder and the chairman of virtue zone mr neil petch uh, neil welcome to the show yet again good to have you back on board very very good morning especially after that scotland goal yesterday tom with the Scotland gold, yeah. Um, the Scotland goal. Uh, we're going to start with that one, are we? Well, my sales director asked me not to mention it, so I just wanted to prove that uh, I'm not that great at listening. Uh, it was a truly extraordinary goal and a really strange game as well. I watched it, obviously. Um, I know I come in for all this sort of stick because um, I don't sound Scottish, but Scottish parentage, Scottish surname, Scottish, all right, just deal with it. Um, so I was out uh, and forced the kids to watch their heritage uh, yesterday. Uh, it wasn't the greatest of games. Scotland didn't really come to the party. That was quite mean parenting, Tom. <laughs> they got a burger out of it, it's fine, you know. <laughs> just bribed them with a little bit of something. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was good to see Scotland back playing at the top level. But unfortunate uh, that they couldn't get the result. But again, great header for the first goal. And what do you say about the second goal? I mean, just extraordinary. Yeah, I suppose uh, the chance of Scotland coming back for the first time in 23 years and then winning was 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 the same as making sure your 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 business is a success without <laughs> building the right foundations. We're just making it topical, Tom. It was uh, it was a, it was a good atmosphere nonetheless. Hamden Parker did everyone proud yesterday. Anyway, uh, Euros ongoing, and we'll try and weave in as many references as Neil and myself can over the course of the next 60 minutes. In fact, let's start with some of the big stories. Stories of the week. Well briefed, the business stories you need to know this week. So let's start with news coming 
through about Hub 71. Where this? It's Abu Dhabi's tech ecosystem and the Abu Dhabi Investment Office. They've both partnered to support early stage tech startups to grow their business. Following a screening process, 10 startups were selected to receive grants worth more than $2.7 million. Hub 71 has signed over 100 startups, raised more than $50 million in capital since its launch a couple of years ago, back in 2019. Um, we're going to get Hub 71 on starting up with Zone next week to talk about how they're fostering some of the brightest minds in tech. But just to uh, preamble that one as well. It, it's just good to see these sort of organisations continuing to flourish. Yeah, I'm very excited to have them on the show next week. And I mean, you just look at their website and, and their partners, their partners with Microsoft, with SoftBank, with ADGM, with Mibadala. These are big names. I was actually on a conference call this week with an initiative coming out of Hub 71. And it seems as if the government are giving directive to them to support the startup sector. And they're really following through. So these aren't uh, uh, just false words. It's it's really things are happening. And that's what always motivates me about being here, making the, you know, the, the fact that you can make things happen quickly. And Hub 71 are a brilliant example of that. So question to you, Mr. P, on that one, because obviously you, yeah, we're based here in Dubai. We have been for quite a long time, but obviously we take a, a, a UA, a federal uh, look at, 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 the, at the business market and regional to a certain degree. I mean, it is... Is one emirate doing it better than other if we want to get competitive? Or, I mean, from my sort of uninitiated position of observation, it seems like everyone is really buying into the starting up uh, uh, zone at the moment across the Emirates. I think it's it's more and more the left hand is working in conjunction with the right yeah. hand. That's something that we, we could always, you know, I mean, we only have to watch Europe to see uh, when it doesn't happen. Um, so it's happening more and more. And I think just generally speaking, the opportunity for the whole of, of the UAE, you've got huge tax bills coming to Europe and, and such like to pay for COVID. And increasingly people see that and are needing to make plans okay. to try and be as tax efficient as possible, let's say, Tom. So so the spotlight in a really good way is on the UAE and what the UAE needs to do accordingly is make sure that its its practices are, are as easy for the consumer to sign up to as possible and we need to get that message out. An interesting point you made. This leads on to our next story about the, the, the costs of doing business or the escalation in those costs post-COVID uh, as is one of the big topics of discussion at the moment. Dubai taking further steps to ease the process and the cost of doing business. Uh, it comes from uh, the very highest uh, of offices. This one is Hannah Sheikh Hamdan bin Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, Dubai's Crown Prince and the Chairman of the Executive Council here in Dubai, uh, issuing directives earlier this week to reduce government-related procedures for doing business by 30 part of ongoing strategic initiatives to accelerate economic recovery, but also enhance Dubai's status as a business hub, which, just going back to what you were saying, seems to be working. Yeah, Tom, I think the um, if I were to ask you what's the most expensive thing in setting up your business, I'm going to answer for you because it's a little early to put the pressure on. I think it, it's time. 
and it's uncertainty. Mm. So when we're dealing with customers, if we can speed up that process, um, and when I say we, I'm talking on behalf of the whole country here, yeah. we want someone in Montreal or Russia who's running their business to be able to run their business from here in a more tax-efficient manner. We want there to be storing their money here. We want them to be seeking to grow their money here. How can we do that? How can we help them do it faster? And then when they're in the middle of doing it, how can we make sure that they're absolutely clear on the processes? So it's sometimes clearing things up. And as, as you were talking about, you know, the, the seven emirates and comparing them, trying to have as much standardization as possible, trying to have the equivalent of a company house. So it's very easy. Mm. What we want is, is for you to be able to get your bank account super fast. In order to do that, the banks need to do some KYC. In order to do that, they need to know that you don't have another account somewhere else that they're unaware of, for example. So these are quite easy things to to fix, um, but sometimes they, you know, we we we, we miss them in, in the general rush. One other story that caught our eye: the UA ranking first in the MENA region, second globally in overall business skills. The country is second only to Luxembourg in terms of the skills that have been developed in areas such as entrepreneurship, leadership, management, strategy, uh, operations and communication. That's according to the online educator, education provider Coursera's Global Skills Report 2021. Any big surprise there? Well, I would say, come on the UAE, we can take Luxembourg. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. They're not in the Euros, are they? (laughs) Uh, no, uh, well done to the UAE for doing exactly that. Just one point to pick up on on on, on what with the 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 cost of doing bi- business. And I thought I was just listening to your answer there about the efficiency therein. Mm. And one of the big sort of grumbles I hear, and I don't know if it's still the case that you do. And you and I have both been here long enough to know that things have got so much better in this particular sphere. But there are still grumbles. We often on the show talk about um, digitization, mm. about smart Dubai, about things going smart, businesses and, and, and authorities in Dubai taking their services smart and more digital. And a lot of people praise them and a lot of people praise the applications and a lot of people then get a little bit frustrated that when you get so far down the line, you are still asked for a passport copy and a couple of passport photos, etc. Surely that's the next sort of hurdle to get over, isn't it? It's ridiculous yeah. that we all know our passport number off by heart because we've had to fill it out so many times. The concept of blockchain, which probably most listeners get now, but just for the older people like me, I'm, I'm going to say it, is that you put that information in a safe. So your utility bill, your passport number, your birth certificate, etc., etc., it's stored in a safe. And then if the bank or the telecom company or the company formation company needs access to that information, they can be given the safe with your permission. So that's good about data. You're not revealing all your data to the Facebooks of of this world, they can be given it for a short period of time where they use it for a specific purpose. That's the blockchain. So it makes us all much more efficient. It gives consumers actual control over their own data as well. So it shows that we can be more efficient. And at the same time, we can give more control to the customer. So what we need to do and and the role of VirtuZone in Mm. this, because we're, you know, almost we're providing a quasi government government service to consumers but we have to do it in in a way with a private company men- mentality service 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 so what we try and do is use technology i can scan your iris tom you've, you've walked through dubai airport you know these things are, are possible mm. and actually it's infinitely better than you walking into a bank and saying hello i'm tom i'm scottish well mm. that's going to confuse them for starters but the fact is that 
so many degrees of security are available to us using technology. But of course, there's a little bit of, I mentioned, uncertainty about it. So it's demonstrating that you can do things faster, but safer. Because mm. we want the right people in the UAE. So that's the second thing that we need to think about. Uh, that is uh, the big stories of the week. Uh, next up, we turn our attention to our special guest. First up, we're going to be talking to a scaling up coach and the co-author of a brand new book called Dare to Scale. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. You are listening to Starting Up with Virtue Zone. Thanks so much indeed for your company this morning. Great to have you on board. Uh, and we want you to get involved with the show as well. Uh, because whilst myself and Neil are with you through till 11 o'clock, we're there all we're there all the time basically because uh, thanks to the uh, advent of social media and internet you can have your say whenever you wish you can reach out online at dubai i 1038fm or at virtue zone on facebook and instagram at dubai i 1038fm or at virtue zone underscore uae if you're on twitter please do use the hashtag starting up with virtue zone and hashtag be your own boss if we can't get to your questions this hour we will continue to do so straight after uh, the show when the team from VirtuZone will be online to answer your questions and queries. Let's turn our attention to our first guest now as our theme today on the show is scaling up. Scaling up your business can be a challenge uh, for even the most successful operations out there. Now throw in a global pandemic to the mix and there may be a few extra hurdles that you hadn't planned accordingly or know how to get over. So where on earth do you start and how do you do it successfully? Uh, Walsha Joshi is a uh, scaling up coach and co-author of a brand new book called Dare to Scale, which I'm happy to say I have a copy of in my hand here in the studio, which was kindly sent to the uh, studio a couple of days ago. It's been signed and uh, a very big uh, thank you to the authors um, uh, of the book. Happy to say that uh, the uh, co-author, Walsha Joshi, joins us now live on the line, but also on Microsoft Teams. Vasha, thank you so much indeed for being with us. Thank you very much for having me here, Tom. Really, pre- really appreciate the book. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, please tell me that you didn't sign Neil's copy. You only signed mine. <laughs> well, Neil's copy is waiting right here on my desk uh, to no, be no, sent no, over no. straight away. I'll be coming for that. Vasha, <laughs> let's get to some of the questions that come about from it because we got so much to. Uh, we want to tap into your mm-hmm. expertise here. Um, in the book here, you talk about learning to run a business in your book yeah. but 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 is there is there one common learning is there one common lesson or is learning as a whole something that's different for everyone what's it mean well uh, Tom, what happens is mostly when business owners or founders start a business, they start it because they have a great product or a great service, hopefully packaged into a great product, but very rarely do people get into business because of running a business because they're two very distinct skills, if you will. So learn to run a business. The focus is to bring back to old school. How do you set up and found a strong business that is scale up, scalable and sustainable? So it is, it's very much that holistic approach starting from strategy all the way into delivering that great customer experience. So very few people actually delve into learning that as a skill. 
I know that you're you're keen on the on the five point system as well. I don't want to take the whole time up because I want people to buy the book. I want them yeah. to get their hands on it to have a little look. But just give us a quick uh, overview of the uh, of the the five points to the approach to scaling up. The five points really are the foundations. It's it's like having those four walls to hold up a roof. The five points are really to hold up your business, starting with strategy. To me, everything starts and ends with strategy. Then comes business model, which is part of the strategy and yet very distinct um, in its own flavor. Then goes on to your people. How do you bring people together, build a great leadership team and your frontline team moving on to cash, which fuels your business? And then, of course, efficient operations. So that is the five elements that we work on at Dare to Scale. And what I'm going to say to the listeners, I'm going to appeal to your greed here to make sure that you're hanging on every (laughs) word of Horsha, is investors always look for scalability. So that's that's why you need to listen and read this book. In terms of what you're seeing at the moment, are you seeing many startups successfully scale up at the moment or, or, or are people just trying to survive? Well, uh, Tom and Neil, what happened last in the last 15 months was a hard reset for everything, including the market. And businesses that reinvented to stay relevant are the ones who have now found their own new level and now beginning to scale up. So that, I think, is the key takeaway here is how quickly are you reinventing to adjust to a changing market? Because the market is ever-changing. And that, I think, is is what that key that is missing in a lot of people or a lot of founders who are are saying they're trying to keep their head above the water. It really is now is the time to look into the business to say, what is that that one metric that can be tweaked to reinvent? Twisting because that reinventing slightly. to stay relevant twisting, is, twisting that is slightly, Washer, so sorry yeah, to interrupt on, you, is we, we learn from our mistakes, right? Now, I yes. happen to know you've, you've got three companies running in, in the UAE here, so perhaps I you do. can join me in, in saying that once in a while you've made a mistake. So what are the classic mistakes that are made when seeking to scale up? Oh, my goodness. One mistake that I have also made personally is – forgetting that everything starts and ends with strategy. And I have learned it the hard way as well, because the entire focus when you start up a business is to get more sales in, to get more customers in, to get the cash in, forgetting that a sound strategy is the one that will actually help make that those chinks in the armor um, less of a threat. So it's prioritization prioritization very much so keeping an eye on the ball keeping an eye on the big picture very much very much prioritization yes we've had a big focus in fact this morning on the show we've been talking a lot about tech startups and you don't go a day without seeing the success of 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 tech in business these days and tech startups everyone wants a piece uh, of that (laughs) extraordinary cake at present um is there anything unique about a tech startup in terms of how you go about scaling up tech? Well, to me, a business is a business. Tech is a very different way of doing a business. It's still a business. And that's where I think the founders of tech businesses could probably, um, and I I actually mentor quite a few tech startups um, as well. And it's, that is the way forward. Tech startups or tech businesses is the way forward on brick and mortar businesses. Okay, 
let me start again. Brick and mortar businesses are here to stay. Tech is definitely going to be that larger pie of the future. It's a blend of both. Build your tech startup, not so you can on paper get your seed in and your investors in and yeah, Tom, I, I would unicorn. agree with Warsha where it's easy to take your eye off the ball and just focus on, on the glamour words. Yeah. Oh, I must be I must be a tech yeah. business because I get a bigger bigger multiplier on the valuation. Yeah. You've got to get the basics right. And if the basics of you know what Warsha said at the beginning, the first thing is that you know, someone sets up a business because they have a brilliant product or a brilliant idea or a brilliant service. So you've got to play to your strengths. So not be dramatically totally. seeking a, a fintech solution if, if that's not what what you have yet if you're able to apply that side to it then it does make it more easy to scale but uh, but you got it right but to that point washer are, are, are tech startups making different mistakes these days than other startups um yes and i say this emphatic yes is because most startups, a tech startup is a, a beast on its own because you throw in the element of tech and not all founders are tech savvy. Mm. So there is a larger dependency on the tech teams that are built in to, to prepare that business to go out into the market. So I suppose it really is getting to know what your product is, getting to know what is what tech do you really need so you are still calling the shots. And by that, I mean, you are still in control. Last question, a cheeky one as well. Um, obviously, <laughs> when, whenever you get into any business venture, be it tech startup or tech startup or, or otherwise, uh, you have to yeah. choose your partners carefully. So oh, yes. uh, tell us about the writing process with your friend and co-author, Evan LeClue. <laughs> <laughs> well, friend and co-author and life partner as well so uh, <laughs> and i can tell you challenges uh, working and living with um, your partner and writing a book the brilliant thing is evan and i bring uh, complementary skills complementary business skills and uh, to the table uh, he is a finance and operations guy i am a strategy and people person so it was brilliant because we could really bring our own strengths to give that holistic view on uh, someone who picks up that book and says right where do I start and start right at the first chapter changing your mindset from a founder to a leader it's a great read it's a great resource it's a great story as well congratulations on the publication it's called dare to scale how to grow your business gracefully uh, where can we get our hands on a book oh Kinokunia all the bookshelves starting yesterday from yesterday so congratulations it is a great read and we thank you so thank much indeed you. for your time i know it's a precious time at the moment uh, with the promotion of the book and other uh, uh, exercises so thank you so much indeed washer for being with us and all the best with it thank you for having me good luck it washer. was lovely to be here thank you neil thanks tom a uh, big congratulations to the team there to washer joshi and evan Leclue, uh, for publishing dare to scale uh, we will bring more details on how to uh, scale up with our startup spotlight in just a few moments time startup spotlight bonjour is a new startup that buys e-commerce brands with the specific aim 
to grow them. Last week, it announced it's raised $20 million in a new funding round. Here's Catherine Cunningham to explain how the company works. Launched in March this year, Apontia is a Dubai and Riyadh-based company that buys businesses with long-term competitive advantage. It's led by a team of e-commerce experts with experience in brand building, scaling, product design, logistics and financing. Manfred Meyer is the co-founder and co-CEO. Opontia is on a mission to build the next generation e-commerce group in the Middle East and Africa. We acquire and scale high-performing e-commerce brands across multiple online channels in the region and globally. The company's aim, it says, to nurture and build the entrepreneurial e-commerce ecosystem in the region. Happy to say that uh, Manfred uh, joins us now, not just live uh, online, but also live via Microsoft Teams. Manfred, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Not at all. Really appreciate your time and congratulations uh, on the latest funding. A significant amount and a significant news story uh, as well. Uh, Just with regards to that funding, and I know that my parents always told me never to talk about money, but what are the plans for the funds themselves and where are you looking to expand? Absolutely. So I think first, uh, I want to tell you like a bit about our company. So as mentioned, like we are looking for outstanding e-commerce brands uh, built around uh, the online sales channels. And the funding that we actually recently raised uh, will be spent over the next uh, the next year, 2021. Uh, with acquisitions, we want to acquire between 8 and 12 e-commerce brands, uh, mainly in the UAE and in KSA. So in in terms of the types of of companies that you're looking to buy, is there a specific type of company or are you open to all suggestions? That's a very good question. So we actually, what we're looking for is like uh, unique brands. So uh, founders that started a brand a couple of years ago recently, and they actually serve a niche. They're focused on a certain category like toys, kids or babies or bath. Like, so we call them all weather categories. So we, we actually want to stay away in the beginning from very seasonal fashion and electronics. So these are the categories that we're looking for. Um, then a couple of criteria. So one criteria, for example, we buy homegrown brands. So we don't focus on resellers. So we don't focus on distributors. Just because these brands figured out to provide a value proposition to, to the end customers. Uh, in terms of financial, which is the second thing that we look at, is we look at like a minimum profit of 15,000 dirhams uh, a month and revenues around 30k dirham. Uh, and the last thing, which is also very important for us, is like the, the brand value that was built by our founder. So good customer experience, but also making sure that you have high reviews and ratings, which are very important these days for end consumers to make a decision to buy a certain product, a certain brand. Manfred, the percentage of, of companies that are being set up that are e-commerce related, we're seeing it at VirtuZone, it's going up. And one of the reasons perhaps we, we saw from our earlier guests where scalability is is easier and thus valuations, so you can get better valuations. So you're definitely in, in a hot sector there. One of the pieces of advice we give to entrepreneurs that come through VirtuZone is when when they're looking to take in investment, sometimes money's the easiest part of it, but it's to have a strategic investor who adds value. So if an e-business was looking at partnering with, with you, what special skills does your company have that you're going to bring as well as the money? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. So uh, let me first uh, take one step back and explain uh, in detail what we're doing. So we are actually fully acquiring these businesses and we are scaling them. So we actually provide the e-commerce knowledge, uh, the technology platform to optimize and to scale these brands sometimes faster than the founder can do. Um, so what we see in this region is like a, a huge increase of entrepreneurs because just the ecosystem that is building right now is becoming easier. So you have like a lot of initiatives. I mean, it, it's very easy to set up a company in the UAE these days. Uh, you have like end-to-end -end enabler, enablers that help you to create a brand, to manage a brand. So what we actually, what we, the value that we add, and, and maybe I can talk later a bit about like what are the reasons why founders get out, but what we add is like this unique e-commerce experience. So we have a team that has been working in the industry for the past decade. Uh, I myself, uh, I built an e-commerce company in Southeast Asia, and I saw like how these companies succeed and how do these brands grow on the platforms and the online channels. So as, as you mentioned, uh, so money is one thing, but the other thing is like really like understanding how to really bring your brand to the next level, understand like marketing channels, understand the commercial management, having the technology set up to sell across different sales channels. And this is very, very important when you consider an investment or like selling the company. So Manfred, a lot of investors, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs would be very attracted. For example, I imagine that you have great knowledge in SEO, for example, and how to work with Google to draw more leads to that company, that being a, a hugely important thing. But you, you say that you acquire 100% of the company. Is there not an opportunity to grow with you? So actually what we do is, um, so, the, so we, we consider ourselves or, or we, we try to, to basically tailor these packages very, very founder friendly. So the, the goal of our company is to become like, you can say a, a mini Unilever, online Unilever, online PNG. So it's not our intention to buy a brand. Uh, then scale it for a couple of years or sell it off. So the, the, the vision of this company is to have these companies under these brands under an umbrella and then scale them across the different online channels in UAE, but also in the region. So we go to Egypt, we go to Saudi. So coming back to your question, um, it is, so what, what we do is we have this unique team of, of experts that, as you said, marketing, SEO, social media, performance marketing, we take, we take this over, bring it to the next level. And one thing that we offer is, so it's an actual opportunity for a, for a brand to de-risk the portfolio. At the moment, what you see through COVID, the, the multiples and the revenues of the past are very high. So what we do is we we offer the, the, the brand a certain amount of money. They can sell the business to us. And we also offer them a, a profit sharing for a couple of years later, normally one or two years, where we give them a share of the additional profit so they can participate in our from our or participate in profit from our uplift, but also participate in the sales after after we took over. Can the founders, the original founders, still still have a role in the company after acquisition, or is there is there something of a are some sort of scared to scale for the feel that they will be cut out of the equation? Or is that something you look to to, to encourage? So exactly, so that the profit sharing that that we offer is actually actually streamlines this. So 
So actually, what we see is like we see three types of, of founders that want to talk to us. The one is uh, what I just mentioned about the de-risking. So it's now a very attractive time to sell your business because the multiples are quite high. So normally between two and three times. Um, but also uh, the sales of COVID were very high. So this is one thing. The other thing that we see, a lot of founders just love building brands. They're very passionate about a certain category. They come up, they solve the problem. They came up with like a baby brand for, for brain development uh, products for the for the babies. And then when, when they grow, it's like it becomes very operational. Suddenly you need to take care of procurement, of, of technology, of warehousing. So these are, they, they actually, what we offer them is like they can come out uh, of, we de-risk them, we take over the operations. Mm. And then, as I mentioned, they can participate uh, mm. one, two, three years, depending on, on how much uh, involvement they want, but also like what is needed from their side and get the upside. Most of the time, uh, with very brands that are very much built around a certain founder, for example, he's like an influencer on his Instagram channel, we still have them on board as, as consultants and pay also, of course, a fee for that. So, Manfred, you must be seeking to build up a sort of complementary portfolio of services so that you become, as you, as you say, the, the Procter & Gamble of the online world. So can you give our, our listeners uh, a, a few examples of, of uh, areas that you're in and, and examples? Yeah, I mean, it's so, so after the acquisition, what we normally do is, so our, our big advantage is like uh, optimization through centralization. So when you think about, we have like a full team that is focused on sourcing the products. Most of the brands source the products from China or from India, then they, they label the products, they create their own brand on the marketplaces. So we bring efficiency through this uh, procurement process. Then uh, you also have the whole uh, commercial management piece where think about selling on multiple platforms. You sell on Amazon, you sell on Noon, you sell on Shopify, uh, you sell on, on Instagram. So this is also like with technology, we, we streamline these processes and make it very, very efficient. This is on a second layer. Then you have, of course, the operational part. Uh, there are amazing initiatives here in this region. A lot of the ecosystem is now building around e-commerce, operations, uh, but someone needs to connect the dots, so to speak. So, for example, if you want to sell your product from here to Egypt, you need to have the proper operations. You need to know how to import products. So this is something we set up on the, on the brand management side. And then the piece that you mentioned before is, of course, marketing, um, making very cautious, but also like smart investments in customer acquisition, Instagram, TikTok, uh, optimizing the websites, looking at the funnel when they have any drop-offs of, of mm. potential customers. But that's, that's a part where we bring in our knowledge and help come the brand to the next level. Manfred, we could talk for a lot longer. Unfortunately, we're out of time on this occasion, but can't thank you enough for joining us uh, live on the show this morning and live via Microsoft Teams. Uh, Manfred Mayer is the co-founder and the co-CEO at Papontia. Uh, thank you, Manfred, for your time this morning. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Nice to chat with you. Big thanks to Manfred for joining us. Company Clinic. Uh, Neil's in studio with us to answer some of your questions, and they are coming through in their droves at the moment. Here's one from Amit, uh, Mr. P, saying, uh, how easy is it to open new bank accounts for startups at the moment? 
Well, the first thing is don't blame it all on the banks. Very easy for us to do that. Um, when you set up your company, you've got to think very carefully about what your activity is. If you're getting loads of invoices and, and monies coming through from cotton companies and yet you've set something up that says you're a digital consultancy, the bank's going to pick up on it. So, A, it's getting advice about uh, which bank to go to. Secondly, do understand that if you've got, we were talking earlier about passport and all of that kind of information, make sure it's there. One of the, the things that we've seen is, is that the banks are not quite so brilliant at communicating exactly what they need to see. Because, okay, fair enough, if it's a huge pile, it's a huge pile, but at least tell me what you want, let me deliver it, and then set my bank account up. What we are seeing is 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 that, again, at the directive of, I, I sit on an ease of banking panel, for example, so Chamber of Commerce and, and the Ministry of Economy are really trying to streamline this whilst checking that the right people are still in there. So there are a number of digital banking solutions coming out. You've got some existing players uh, uh, there. So Emirates MBD have Liv, Mashrik have Neo. We've seen that EMAR are bringing mm. something out. The ADQ, I think, are going to come up with something very interesting. Yaps already in the market. I saw that uh, Sheikh Maktoum visited them uh, uh, the other day. There are 57 applications at DFSA um, uh, to provide e-money services. So I think that it's going to get better and better Um, and there are so many efficiencies because banking is something which is so important to us but really hasn't been disrupted like so many other industries so when you want to send money back to the UK you know, if, if you don't investigate, you're going to lose on the exchange rate. So it's that kind of thing. And that comes back to you entrepreneurs out there. If you look after the pennies, the pans will take care of themselves. Another one that's come through from one of our listeners saying, hey, Neil, if one doesn't have an e-commerce platform but does have a concept to start, can we approach uh, you and share the business proposal with you? That sounds like it's my sales director pretending to be a customer. <laughs> Great uh, question. Thank you very much for that one. I mean, firstly, we have a package. Uh, at VirtuZone, it's it's about providing support services to our customers, not just setting them up. Yeah. So the whole thing, you need a payment gateway, you need a fulfillment partner, you need someone to look after processes. Very often what I would suggest to people starting in this area is don't seek to do it all yourself because you'll spread yourself too thinly find partners and and that way for example you're not obliged to go for an expensive license to start with you can test the market if you get good response then you can scale up then you can perhaps get your own drivers uh, or you you start you know you partner with the deliveries of this world so there are there are a variety of ways of of doing it certainly final question comes from Tom in Dubai, uh, I've got to ask you, um, we didn't get the opportunity to to, to share time last uh, week, but uh, me and George were reflecting on the recently launched new ad campaign, uh, both online and outdoor, from VirtuZone, featuring a certain Just Soul. It's been a success seven days in. Well, I mean, I'm not happy. What has Just Soul got that I don't have, Tom? <laughs> 
He's he's getting Got he's bling. getting he's getting marriage requests. Got he's, bling. He's, he's been challenged. James Cracknell, the Olympic gold medalist, challenged him to canoe down the Zambezi. <laughs> the Miss uh, uh, Russia with four point four million followers asked for a date. I mean, come on, just sell. Share share the love with the rest of us. No, he's it's it's been brilliant. Our referral program, referral.vz.ae, has been absolutely shooting up the charts and hopefully we're making people some money and helping entrepreneurs get their companies started so all good thanks just salt uh, neil's been an absolute pleasure as always uh, always enjoy tuesday mornings from 10 until 11 when you and i uh, get together for starting up with virtue zone thanks so much indeed for your time busy week for you Absolutely. Cheers, Tom. Enjoy the games. Uh, our big thanks to Neil Petch for being with us. And just a quick reminder that, listen, if you want to continue the conversation with Virtue Zone, they want to do that. They want you to stay in touch uh, at Virtue Zone on FB and Instagram, at Virtue Zone underscore UAE. Any questions we haven't been able to answer this hour, they will continue to answer now. Our thanks go to the co founder and chairman of Virtue Zone, Mr. Neil Petch. I'll leave you in the capable hands uh, of the news team down here at ARN and online with the crew over at Virtue Zone. And we'll be back, Casey, myself and the rest of the team, next week uh, from 10 till 11 on a Tuesday. Till then, stay safe.